Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, in the chair tonight, joined, of course, for our Christmas special by a very festive-looking Craig Manson. Craig, how are you? I'm doing great, actually. Not too bad. I've uh, had my first beer of the of the festive season, so I'm quite relaxed, actually. Although I have got to work tomorrow morning. But Would you like to show off your jumper? It's, I don't know if you can see it. It's, uh, oh, scrum all you faithful. <laughs> Great audio content here as always. Um, <laughs> we've got a few folks joining us tonight, so it's great to see them all along. Uh, we're also joined by a festive looking McGinty. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Feliz Navidad, everyone. I thought he was going to say Bah Humbug there for a second. Do you actually? Weirdly, since I've gone Spanish there, I've got my Boca Fiesta t shirt on, home of the best <laughs> alligator burritos in Florida. <laughs> That's not even a lie, I've had one. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Gary Black with a Santa Claus in the background. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Hello. Craig, that's not your first festive beer of the festive season. Because, uh, well, what were you on at the weekend when Johnny yeah, okay. was sending us uh, selfies yeah. from the urinals? I was hoping to forget that, to be honest with you. Because um, <laughs> Mr. McGinty, when I he says that he's... I forgotten any morning. <laughs> he says he's had an alligator burrito. I thought he'd had that was what he had at the weekend because we went to went and had, ended up with kebabs on the way home and everything. It was ridiculous. But yes, Mr. McGinty very kindly took a picture of me while I was mid how to put it well to coin a phrase from our friends at the Blood and Mud. I was mid slash. Slash. <laughs> so was I. To be fair, I wasn't just taking weird photos of you. Yeah, but you were splashing, you were splashing everywhere because you were trying to take a picture and you weren't, you had no control. And, and the grown-ups amongst us... It got out of hand, let's put it that way. 
we yes. were we were all at home just going, "What is going on here?" Well, uh, well, well, you say that, John. I was <laughs> I was slightly conspiring against Johnny as well from afar. <laughs> Craig said he was coming out for one or two beers and then going home on Saturday night, which turned out to not be the case. Well, Cam, Cammy egged me on because he uh, he started me off in the right in the right frame of mind by calling you Tory boy because you were dressed like a Tory. That is true. Like Tory. You, were, you were, you were. That's a fact. I was. Yeah, I just thought I'd make a bit of an effort. I checked his I pocket for a ripple, but uh... <laughs> oh, is that what you were doing? All right, no comment. I, I mean, was looking. I was looking. If, if you had a ripple in your pocket, that would like. You know, Doogie Vipond explained to us the, the problem with flaky base chocolate goods and trousers and pockets. So, like, you were, I, you were going to cause problems there. I did not have a ripple in my pocket, John. I was just having a nice time. <laughs> just happy. Well, I tell you what, if he's, if he's mistaken it for a ripple, Johnny, then you might need to see the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was more finger of fudge, to be honest. But... <laughs> Anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's our Christmas special, yes. And um, the, 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 the calibre of uh, content is as good as always. Can, can we title this Just Enough to Give the Kids a Treat? <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's someone who would still like to have a job after Christmas. I was going to say that, that, that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you're stumbling upon us for the first time, welcome. Uh, sometimes there's occasionally chat about rugby as well on this podcast. I did say in the preview to this that we we um, that the, the content is loosely based on Scottish rugby, um, and I think that that probably is quite clear here. Um, if you want to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, you can pay £3 a month and get exclusive content. Um I'm not really sure what the exclusive content will be in the next wee while. We've, we're going to have to sit down and do a planning session uh, and get, get some proper good content out there for you. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, that supported us this year on the Patreon. It's really, really appreciated. And uh, we will we'll continue to give you... Can I say continue to try and give you a good time? Is that OK? That's not too inappropriate. <laughs> you say the nicest things, Mr Anderson. I know, I know. Cammy and I were supposed to do our um, favourite half man, half biscuit. We do. We will do that at some point, Johnny. That is coming. Yeah, we should. <laughs> right, I'll pop that up there. Um, so yeah, tonight we're go- we're going to cover a wee bit of the news because there's been a couple of. We we obviously we 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 had a call off last week. We didn't we didn't manage to pod last week. So since then, you know, Scottish rugby has this wonderful habit of doing absolutely everything in very big bursts and and giving us lots of content to talk about couple of things news wise and then we will go and do a wee bit of our festive cheer and uh we've got a couple of things for you tonight to to hopefully uh, get you started with the christmas spirit and all that so um which what what will we where will we start with the news craig which one do you want to start with because there's two two sets of contracts that we probably should talk about well, obviously, you really, really want to talk about Ben Velicott re-signing for Edinburgh. Um, I almost I'm... tweet, I almost tweeted Edinburgh earlier on, going, "Who even is that? I don't really care." <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What I was, uh, to be honest, that's a great bit of business, and I'm really, really happy about it. But what I was uh, thoroughly impressed with was <laughs> in the pictures for the 1872 Cup. George Horn made Ben Velicott look very small. Uh, <laughs> or the other way around. That's, that's a bad thing. George Horn looked very big. And, uh, and and George, don't get me wrong, George is a, has a fantastic stature, but uh, a statuesque gentleman, young man. But uh, holy crap, uh, Ben looked uh, rather small compared I'm to... I'm not sure statuesque means what you think it does, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> George Horn is in any way, you can take that anyway in my description of George Horn because I love him. I know you do, Craig. I know you do. That's why we have that restraining order. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Ben Velcott obviously has resigned for Edinburgh. That is, it's a good bit of business. He's, he's uh, done well. Do you think now with that? That contract, Johnny. This is this is his time to start pushing, uh, looking at Scotland honours and actually properly challenging Ali Price for. Or well, let's be honest, he's not really going to challenge Ali Price, is he? 
challenge for that that twenty one jersey. Is is this is this his chance now? Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be. That's that's why he signed. I would think. Um, you know, there's obviously Ben White playing down in the Premiership. Seems to be a strong contender for the backup scrum half. Now we've got George in Glasgow and we Benji in Edinburgh. I think if Velocott thought there was no chance of of him getting a, a crack at the Scotland squad, he probably isn't staying with Edinburgh. Um, so you've got to think that's got that's his motivation. Wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean that, that's probably the only reason you would stay with Edinburgh. To be fair, eh? Well, I think that's that's being charitable. I think now he's capped <laughs> by now he's capped by Scotland. There isn't really Anyone that many options can, because yeah. everyone in the Premiership strapped for cash, apart from Bath apparently, which we'll come on to. But it's not you. Know, you get there are a few will pay subs for the number of English qualified players you've got. So you really for for your nine, yeah, Ben Bellicott's a good nine. But whilst he was English qualified. He was a worthwhile signing for a for a Premiership team, but he's not anymore. So Edinburgh was really, I think, the only option for Ben Velicott. And I guess probably, probably, I guess um, Edinburgh will probably struggle a little bit for other options as well. Unless you're going to get Ben White up from London Irish, which seems unlikely. Uh, a team with Henry Purgos is not struggling for options. <laughs> Sorry, is Henry Pergos still playing I'm for quietly just, I'm just going to take a wee drink here. Um, Henry, Henry really, Pergos. A really, in, really slow drink here. Just Henry Pergos invented plan A, B and C at Scrum Half. And he is, he is a genius, Craig. And you just have to... He's, you know what? He's one of these guys who see when he retires, you're going to look back and go, oh, I really wish we had Henry Pergos now. That's how good he is. You mark my words. <clears throat> Sorry, I've just been sick of my mouth here. <laughs> Let, let's come on, Cammy, to talk about the 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 one you you hinted at. Um, it's been rumoured. It's been silly season for quite some time. But uh, Finn Russell is off to have a bath. Uh, yes. No, oh, that's not the, that's not the headline. Sorry. Uh, he's joining Bath after the Rugby World Cup, which will no doubt result in international retirement as well. I would presume. <laughs> it depends. It depends very much on the on the on the current national coach. No, I mean, I think I said on on Twitter, it's it's the best thing to happen in a bath since that lastie got into one in the nineteen ninety two flake <laughs> advert. Um, but it's I don't. It's a weird one. I I mean, one. It's obviously it's a big payday for him. He's still potentially got two World Cups in in him. Depending on how things go with with Scottish world uh, Scottish fly half options, um, I think the thing that bothers me slightly with it is, from the Premiership point of view, if I'm if I'm an England rugby fan, I don't think what English rugby needs right now is to be spending a million pounds on a marquee player. Given that the the rumours are that pretty much every single club within the Premiership is okay. about to go under. I mean, you potentially, I mean, potentially for within a season, Finn Russell could be back playing in the URC if things get that bad because you probably have the English clubs begging for a place in, in, in the URC. So I think for Finn Russell, I think for Scotland, it's not a bad signing. It doesn't really make a, a whole heap of difference in terms of his availability for Scotland. Presumably, he's close, it's a bit easier for him to drive up to see family and family to see him with, with, with his new family. But I don't know. It's... Uh, from a Scotland point of view, I don't think it makes much difference to, to him playing in France, other than he has to he maybe gets to drive up rather than fly. There's about forty-five less games a season in the Premiership than there is in the top four. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Although I think, from what I understood, Rassing were kind of managing his, his game time pretty well. Anyway, I don't think he was he was being made to play every game either. But yeah, he he'll. At Bath, he's probably going to be play, he'll be playing less. I mean, for, for the cat, you've got the Cami Redpath connection, of course, as well. So if you've got Russell and Redpath playing together at ten and twelve on a regular basis in the Premiership, that's that's a good thing for Scotland. I mean, um, with the, co- the coach at Bath as well, the chances are Russell and Redpath are not going to be touching the ball much anyway. The way the way he's got Bath playing, so which is great because that's you know again, it's all about managing Finn Russell's game time. He's more likely to make the next two World Cups if he has to touch the ball. Or that's good news for Josh Bayliss as well. Yeah, Finn Russell, the first player to make eight World Cups as a 56-year-old because Bath are still just not somebody, passing him the ball. 
somebody, it was Naxus on um, Twitter highlighted this to us, but somebody posted that um, Bath yes. signed world the World Cup winning uh, fly half for two 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 consecutive World Cups of yeah Stephen two Donald two of the last five one. yeah yeah I yeah. Butch James before the twenty seven two thousand seven one. So it's a no, it's good omen. I think it's uh, it's almost about time for us to start thinking about a World Cup song then, Cammy. Eh? Oh, I, I'm on it, John. Don't worry. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I was keen for us to get a whole album and get Scottish Album of the Year. But that's still that's still on the back burner as well. Don't worry. Yeah, you don't you don't actually need that much for Scottish Album of the Year. No, we no, no, we're doing, we, we, we've, we've worked it out. We've got we, we're working on our concept album. It's called Finn. It's going to be. It's, it's basically, I'm assuming it's that's what the last track's called as well. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's it's um our take. It's inspired by Mogwai Zidane. You know where they, they soundtrack <laughs> oh, Zidane, yeah, Zidane yeah, playing yeah, for the nice. entire match. The, the idea is to produce an instrumental album that's kind of inspired by Finn Russell. Nice. Just Can purely to edit for the Scottish wow, Album of wow. the Year awards to see we're not Great, great. We'll, we'll we'll just we'll finish up the finish up the Finn chat. <laughs> um, well, what's your take on that concept album? I mean, uh, what's <laughs> But Bath, Bath aren't like they aren't a world beating team, right? And Finn Russell has one major trophy in his career so far. That's always won. Um, the the Pro Twelve with Glasgow, despite having played for Racing for you know five years. Bath's not going to add to his trophy collection. This really is about a payday, isn't it? I think if someone walks along and offers you. <clears throat> You know, a rumored nine hundred to thousand to a million a year. Um, you're, you're going to, you know, well, you look at Rassen, they offered them a, a, a good, a good shout of seven hundred and fifty. I think it was plus a Lamborghini. So I think you know they got their man, and I think you know Bath have obviously. I don't understand it, but I understand why he's taking it, and I understand that you know he's he's gone over the top. He's played in the URC and. And, and completed that boss level. He's now moved on to t- the top 14 and unfortunately fell at the last post several times. So now he's decided to come over to the Premiership. Um, <clears throat> I think it'll be interesting. I think the back line with um, Cammy Redpath and Ollie Lawrence um, will be really interesting. But again, as you've commented, <laughs> it depends if he actually gets the ball. Uh, and, um, you know, Van Dran's got a lot to prove because, you know, he did take a winning Munster team and make it incredibly difficult to watch so um we'll have to wait and see um how that goes but yeah I, <clears throat> to be honest I, I i think it's good for finn because it's less games um there's less traveling you'll be protected a little bit more not as much as you would if he was playing in the scottish team but um you'll be protected a little bit more um, and it'll uh and, and hopefully we'll that's if he's allowed to join the uh scotland squad for the um the Six Nations, because it depends on his his form, obviously. Of course, yeah. Do, do you think the reason that he he turned down racing was? I mean, it's can be no coincidence. He's just had a baby, and so the attraction of having access to the wine cellar underneath the training ground at racing, you know, he's not going to be that, that that offers no attraction anymore. So there's nothing in it. But you've got no reason to stay anymore. That's it. Well, the thing is, money is, you'll have to give the Lamborghini back because you'll not fit a, a, a baby seat in the back. Yeah, of it. yeah, you can't put a so, car seat. In, and and Bath are sponsored by Land Rover, I think. So they'll they'll be able to get himself right. a Range Rover, and then you'll uh, yeah. be all you'll be all sorted. So he's right, in a nice SUV. He can still get his Italian oh. badge. All of a sudden, it all makes sense. There we go. Just, <laughs> just like, see, this is why you pay your money to come and watch this, guys. This is the, this is why in, Inspector Manson there cracks the case yet again. Now, also, is, hang on, he's also geographically closer to uh, Buckfast Abbey. That is also true. Fair point. Yeah, there is that, and and, and also. Will steal because you'll be able to get them transported down on a million a year. You'll be able to get them transported down quite quickly from beans, um, <laughs> rather than having to wait on them being flown over. Well, maybe maybe his mum will bring some down in the car when she comes to pick him up after a four pint bender. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, this thing—if he's driving up to the Scotland camp, then he can't drink. It's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, he can't get yeah, on the plane. Well, I think he'll fly up for Bath. I wouldn't think he'll. Do you think he'll drive up? He'll, he'll charter, charter a private jet himself and head yeah, up. for a million quid a year. Yeah, I was, I was, gig- I was giggling a little bit at some of the nuclear takes that were uh, <laughs> that were being bandied about on Twitter. I have to say, it was quite. Uh, oh, was, I, I loved it. What do? 
do Bath think that paying Finn Russell a million pound a year is going to help them win things? Like, mate, you've obviously not watched Bath because they have a lot more problems than needing Finn Russell to help them win things. <laughs> what would help Bath win things would be changing their name to Saracens and moving to London. Like, sure, <laughs> that, pretty, pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's a valid a valid option, Johnny. And, uh, you know, given the financial state of most premiership clubs, might might be a potential option at some point once uh, another few of those clubs' demise uh, happens and, you know, your boy just buys up the franchise and goes, do you know what, we're going to be called this team now. Um, so maybe that maybe that's a tactic. Uh, bath. I think at least Bath will pay you in money rather than having to set up several shell companies. Or probably paying for the lads in NFTs down at Exeter. <laughs> NFTs and uh, CBD businesses. Be yeah. North fin, Finn's nail bar in the uh, in, in northern northern London. That'll be interesting. <laughs> that that'll be tremendous. I, I'm going to give that a visit when the time time comes. Um, yeah, so let's let's move away from million million pound contracts for uh, incredible talent, uh, Finn Russell, and let's talk about the detail. Finally, Craig is with us. Twenty eight professional contracts for Scottish women. Um, now, a few people have asked me. Uh, I was meant to queue up Lizzo about damn time for you, <laughs> and you were to learn the dance for it. However. Uh, how do you know I don't already know the dance? Well, I, mean, I, I don't. By the way, I'm not going to do it. I don't. I, I am <laughs> willing to. I, I've got. I've got two more beers lined up here. I reckon for the Patreon special, I'm willing to stand on this chair, chair and twerk. <laughs> I just finished. I just finished a ten and a half percent imperial stout, so I'm not far off that myself. <laughs> and goddamn, well, I've got. Goddamn, I've there's got a the reason to pay your three. <laughs> I've got my tuba behind me. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not averse to getting out and like. You know. It's almost a flute. Whoa, you keep your tuba in uh, Oh, get your tuba out. It's ridiculous. G- gentlemen. Could this is the worst office Christmas party I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I wish it was the worst I'd been to, Johnny. But... Yep, Let's save that for the Patreon. Worst Christmas party you've ever been to. Get involved yep. in the comments. We'll, we'll reveal ours in the Patreon. Absolutely, yeah. Give, give some uh, give, give some content on there. Right. 28 women have got professional contracts. About damn time. Woo. I was going to play the song, but after ACDC tried to sue us, I decided not to. <laughs> Lizzo's so, cooler than ACDC. Exactly. Totally. Ah, absolutely. The, length, the length of people, the length of the list. The list of people trying to sue us has grown again. <laughs> where's, where's the board? It has been zero days. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing. I've, hang on, I've got it. It has been zero days board. Hang on. <laughs> is this Unfortunately, the, this obviously one works is, really uh, well in it. It works wonderfully in an audio format, though, Johnny. This was, a Chris, this was a birthday present from my wife from my class, and it says, it has been zero days since Mr. McGinty sang a Disney song. But I can always edit. I can edit it a little bit see, since someone tried to sue us. Since someone tried to sue us, or since John criticised Scottish rugby fans. Well, there's no point. I might as well put a zero in permanent marker for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but don't don't even need to bother. Anyway, we've got lots of contracts awarded, Craig. Um, what lots of the kind of main players that are have been in in around that squad for the last wee while. A few of the few bigger names, not not necessarily contracted, but are involved in the GB7s. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, obviously we're delighted that we finally got to this position. It's it's a great step forward. Yeah, there seems to be things are moving on at a pace at this moment in time. Um, and I just, I'm really, really pleased. I'm over the moon. And I think my only concern is it's for a year. Um, they've not, you know, they've said it's so it's it's twenty-four if I'm right in saying. Um, and then they'll make a decision on it from then. Um there's not a huge you know, I would have rather have seen to be picky, um, I'd rather have seen a longer um a long you know, a five year investment rather than just a year at the moment. Um but then we've we've just heard that um they're, they're putting together a an Anglo, not an Anglo, um, a Celtic, a Celtic, a Celtic league. league, Celtic league. I wonder if it'll be sponsored by uh, 
this a cider company and then it'll like back like Magners or something and the old Celtic leagues that we used to the you good know, old days and everyone gets get everyone gets to play in a cotton shirt rather than a than, than, <laughs> than, than the new stuff. I'm I'm not sure that's how it works, but okay, I love where you're going. It kind of it kind of just you know because. It's kind of because obviously we're catching up with professional um, era. Um, I don't think it's a, you know I don't think it's a woke podcast, Craig. Really, what we start and kind of dictating what women should be wearing. <laughs> I also don't think that I don't think that gets is the word I would choose to describe having to play in a cotton shirt either. <laughs> everyone is forced to play in a cotton shirt. Might be more accurate. So, uh, like everyone to understand is that I have now aged incredibly, um, and everyone is just it's not it's, you know I thought it was pretty woke's the wrong word but I thought I was down with the times and I've just realised that I'm now becoming an old fart and I'm going to have to start wearing slacks and a blazer so um, you said like then, the Simpsons I thought I was with it and then they changed what it was they changed <laughs> what it was <laughs> so uh, so you'll see me on the SRU board pretty quickly um, and uh, but no um, I think it's I, I, I'm really excited about it I think um, it's been a great year for, for women's sport in general um, and I just uh, I, I hope that that this isn't uh, just a what's the word? This isn't something you know just to, to dip a toe in and to get people to shut up about it. I hope this is something that they're really going to develop and push on. Um, so really excited for it and uh, can't wait, can't wait. Well, as 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 Craig said, Cammy, we got the the kind of news earlier on uh, regarding the the Celtic um, league that they're kind of Celtic challenge as they're calling it. Initially, 2023, it will have one team from each union, uh, Scotland, Ireland and Wales. The, the idea is to increase that to two teams uh, by, by 2024. Two two Scottish pro clubs in a women's uh, league. This will surely stop the men's team uh, fans moaning about having more pro clubs as well. We could, you know... We can... Oh, Jesus. John, that, that, that Venn diagram of people, men who want a third <laughs> pro team and men who are opposed to... Women's rugby being professional—that's just a perfect. That's a united circle, right? <laughs> if, uh, if I was a particularly nasty person, which I am, and I was in charge of those, and I was in charge of those pro teams, the, the the two Scottish women's pro teams would be a Caledonia Reds and a Border Reavers pro teams, and then I would just go. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Should be Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's. It's great news, and it's great there's a competition that they can go almost go straight into because yep. um, that's what it needs. And I think the, the, the it's been a smart decision to fund some of the players through the GB uh, sevens team. Although I still I, I still think that's a mad idea. Nevertheless, I still think it's you know to go away and play in higher level intense competition does expose you to a certain uh, amount of pressure that you just can't you, you you wouldn't get that in a in a Celtic league, you know. Um, my only, I suppose this would be, you know, I'd love to see two pro teams, two women pro teams in Scotland. My worry would be about spreading things too thinly, too quickly. And I, I'm, I'm completely with Craig. I, I, I would hope, I, I wish they'd done some sort of announcement about a longer term financial commitment. And again, this comes down to comms at the SIU. I think my guess would be that they have a year not, to see whether it works out. I think it's a year to let things settle in with a view to paying them more. That's what I would certainly hope they're doing is let's have a year, let's review at the end of the year and then let's pay them more. Let's sign more women on. And I think that's probably what their intention is. But the way that they've announced it makes it sound like we're going to give it a year and then let's just see where we are. We'll maybe all sack it off, which it's not the greatest of messages. So yes, I'd love them to have, I really hope that we do have two pro teams, but I think the lesson from the men's game, if anything, is that it takes a long time to get to a point where you have two very competitive men's teams. I mean, it's take Christ, it's taken probably what the best part of twenty-one years to get to a point where both Glasgow and Edinburgh are competitive. Yeah, you've always had one or the other has has been better or worse. So I don't know. I'm in two minds, and I, I could be persuaded either way. I guess is that I, I think. I would like to have a very see a very strong women's pro team that is incredibly competitive and is pushing for honours every season because I think that'll expose the players to the best 
um, you know, to the best environments, most competitive environment. What I, I wouldn't like to see is two watered down pro teams mid to bottom of the table every year because I, I don't know what that I don't know what that achieves. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm, I'm not against it. I just think it's it's almost it's the parallel with the third pro team, John. I guess is that everyone keeps yeah. champing after a third pro team. It's like, well, the question is, do you need one? Yes, it, yes, it would afford you the the option of contracting more women's players which is an absolutely fantastic thing but from a competitiveness point of view and a resource point of view let's make sure we i think that, that you know the aim needs to be to be as competitive and as successful as possible there is there is a, a another problem in in the, and, and i might be you know i'm just looking at the initial discussions about um the thistles that they're going to be called etc um the the dates and that they're, that they're proposing the games to be taking place are just when the playoffs for the for the the Premiership, um, uh, the Women's Premiership in Scotland, etc., are all going to be happening at the same time. So what you're then going to have is the, your your pool of women's players who, especially most of your futures players and most of your of your um, of your players that are knocking on a professional uh, on a, on a knocking on the door of a professional contract will be playing in the Premiership teams. They'll get them to the playoffs, and then boom, they're away um, on Thistle's duty. So you know, a it'll give lots of women who are maybe playing for those teams another ch- a chance while the the, the 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 higher level players go off to play for the Thistles. But it then also then you've then got a team that may have got to the playoffs and then get battered because they've not got the 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 high level players with them. So. It's just as you said, Cammy. It has to be. You know, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin at the moment, um, but also we, we we need this sort of thing to happen so that we're 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 giving those female athletes within the game something to work towards rather than just the Scotland team. Um, yeah. And and so because obviously you know we've got several teams, well six teams in the in the. Um, in the Premiership, we would rather have more teams in there, um, and we would like to have high, you know, more high-level teams within Scottish rugby. The, the problem is we're already because the SRU have kind of opened it out and have created more that there are more teams creating each, you know, creating every themselves each year. Um, you're then at a point where now we're getting to a point where a lot of teams are either folding or they're getting close to folding because they're not. Uh, they don't have enough players to play play games now. Because the, pool, the pool has the pool has you know, the teams have expanded, but the, the the player pool hasn't expanded as such. So we, we it's just that we just have to be careful. I think you're right. I think that's you need to get the grassroots sorted first before you talk about a second pro team. You almost yeah. want that to get. You need to get to a point where there's a bottleneck in the Premiership of you know you, you need you've got so much capacity in the premiership that you can release that by the second pro team i think at the minute player numbers are are increasing and it's fantastic and i think you know i know Berwick have got a have have got enough now to be joining up with other teams and playing together and putting the odd team together occasionally and i think that's that's the way to go with you know to kind of make it more of a social game at the lower levels um and then grow it but i don't i think you know i think if you suddenly jump to two pro teams that it doesn't solve any problems i think you're right i think all it does is take players out of the amateur pool and that causes more problems so get the path i think you know get the pathway sorted before you start we it's almost like you know we need to walk before we can run and and that's i think you know we we've been honest you know, i think the si you've neglected women's rugby for the, the best part of the last three decades and you can't just flick a switch and yeah. suddenly kind of you know go all right. Well, we'll just match what the you know what we've done in the men's game. It, it just it just wouldn't work like that. So I think you're right, Craig. It just it's it's not. I think there needs to be the aspiration to have two pro teams, but at the right time. What one of the things you've said there, Cammy, as well the the whole idea of teams being successful or, or rel- relative success. You know, let's let's not kid ourselves that the Scottish pro clubs have been, you know. We've had our moments, and yeah, Glasgow have won a title. But ultimately, we find Scottish rugby has went through periods of time where you know the fact that Murrayfield was getting sold out every every game was when Scotland started to win games, 
and you know ultimately interest is driven yeah people get interested in the sport because you're seeing it on television you're seeing improved performances but ultimately that next step once you get to a certain level is all about having competitive sides that can win games and you're absolutely right like to focus your attention on one pro club make that a very strong pro club get get a situation where players from that pro club are being poached over to the premiership over to you know other 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 teams other women's teams that are professional that that's when you start to create that almost that swell for we can then maybe justify a second team but i don't think just doing it because that sounds like the right thing to do in some sort of like two is better than one concept doesn't yeah it doesn't seem right it, it, it's difficult though because you, you sorry uh, no but then no it's uh, fine i think i think what what we have currently um okay i've been out the women's game now for two years so i i, I have you know I, I might be um i've kept i've kept in touch with it and i'm not in the domestic leagues and 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 what tends to happen is you get teams who build momentum through national one and they build momentum players are then attracted to them because they're winning games so they go to get bit higher level rugby and it happened with ourselves at, at the how we had players being told by the sru futures look you need to get to a higher level club so and the club in your area is the how of five so go there and play your high level rugby there um unfortunately i never got the, the opportunity to win um you know to, to, to coach a team to win the national league one and get promoted to the prem but I saw several teams that that, that we, um, we we played against, go, you know, win the league, go up, get promoted up to up to the prem, and then get they're back out the prem in the next year because they they, they get absolutely, um, you know, they're getting nilled every game, um, and it's a it's a difficult situation because what tends to then happen is those players that are winning the the premiership, that are winning the the national one league, are then being told, well, we, to 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 be at a, a higher level rugby, you need to go and join one of these three Edinburgh teams or one of these two Glasgow teams, or and uh, or, or and and it, and so they move, and so the, the the team that's just been promoted has been weakened because those players have left and moved on to other places to get higher level rugby, um, and and what we don't have currently in the women's game at the moment. There is a lot of players who will play for the badge, but because there's not, um, because it's not as I, I don't, I, I don't understand what it what it is. I, I don't I don't know the answer, but they will go and play for another team quite quickly because they want to progress because the opportunities aren't there. Um, well, I know what the answer is. It's because it's because most clubs in Scotland don't care about their women's teams. Like if you if you want women yeah. to play for yeah. the badge for your women's team, make it look like you actually care about your women's team. That's yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. when you're getting papped on there the pitches at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. It's hard to go. Oh, I'm going to give my all for this badge. Like yeah. why would you? When 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 the mini when the mini team are getting the the main pitch on a on, and getting the prime kickoff, and and the women's team are being patched as you say back to the back pitches with no changing rooms. Um, yeah, it's. It's well, quite we, hard we, to get motivated. Yeah, in my in my experience, we we had a we had a we, we put together a season in in National Two where we ended up training not against the senior men but with senior. Men. We worked incredibly. Well, we didn't work closely with them, but we got a little bit of access, and that bonded the team together, and we pushed on and, and won the league and got promoted into National One. Um, I think Johnny's hit the nail on the head. Um, I think uh, uh, we, you know, women's teams. There are there are now one or two clubs that are taking them very very seriously, um, and so because it's it's not just you know, it's not just being taken seriously or, or getting the right changing room or, or getting the right pitch. It's for example, um, uh, you know, you have the senior men um, kitted out in and training tops and joggies and. A bag and all these things with their membership and the and the senior women's team are having to pay for all of that. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, uh, we how always made sure we had a, a good set of strips and they were brand new and they were and we had sponsors etc. But you know, it was there are certain teams that will do that, uh, certain clubs that will do that, and there are certain clubs that don't. And 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 those are all the things that you know you're you're not talking about 
a junior team. You're talking about senior women who are just just as good as the senior men and they're the same age and they're, they're the same level of rugby knowledge, etc. So they should be getting treated as one. It's a senior section rather than a senior men's or senior women. What I think will be fascinating for me, Craig, and I'll be interested in your take on this, is with the creation of a pro-women's team, is whether or not it has the same effect on the women's amateur game as it as the Super Six has had on the men's game. Because what's happened with a lot of teams is it's it's leveled the playing field in the men's game now below kind of the prem level. In that, if you have a good, but well, teams are able to keep the the players because there's not you're not being you know you, they're not being poached. So yeah. if you've got good pathways, you've got a strong youth section. Players will stay with you. I mean, you look at Berwick. Berwick have gone from the regional leagues almost straight up to National 2. And I'm not just saying that to rub it in because we got promoted ahead of you, but I will mention it. Um, and they're doing all right. They're holding their own in National 2. You know, they're, they're winning some good games. They're, they're getting beaten in others. And Berwick haven't changed anything in their approach. They've got the same coaches they had years ago in the regional leagues. They've got some of the same players. The only difference is they've retained their young players that have come through. Whereas before, when you used to be able to, you know, the guys that get paid to go and play at Melrose or pay pay to go to some, you know St Boswell's at one point. You lost your youth players because your best Colts just get taken by somebody else who was higher up the league, and yeah. higher up the league is where you get spotted and where you go. Whereas, I think in the women's game, you would hope that if there would be a broader look across the leagues, then at, at players, so that you don't have to be playing in the Prem to improve your chances of being a pro. Um, you know, Scottish rugby player, that, that, that there is a more investment in pathways. And then the teams that have invested in girls' rugby should then be the more successful amateur teams because if they can retain those players. Yeah, I, I think I think it's... Um, it's, it's difficult because um, from our side of things, when we created a team... Um, we created a team out of nothing, so we had we had some girls coming through the youth section, but they were uh, uh, once they got to, to S one level, they were cut off because they weren't allowed to play with boys, um, mm-hmm. and 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 so they had nowhere to go, and 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 we we ended up putting a girls section together just to keep kids there, um, and unfortunately we had uh, sort of a, a a constant flow of different coaches coming through, so it wasn't great for the youth setup. Where the, the senior setup was just sheer bloody mindedness to get it going, and and, and we worked hard, and, and the, the girls worked incredibly hard to bring players to the team, and 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 we worked that way. I think you're bang on. Um, I think there needs to be a pathway through the youth system. The issue we have currently, though, is that that the and again, I'm out. I'm, I've been out for two years, but up until the point I I, I finished up with the Quins. There was no Cali. There was no, you know, you you would you would identify a couple of play, young players for Scottish futures, but you wouldn't get that. You know, you wouldn't have those regional teams that would play again. You know, we had Glasgow. I think it was East v West, and we used to put some, and it was it was they they, they put players together to, to 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 play against each other, but but it was all very kind of ramshackle, and and it, and I don't, you know, I've I, we're sitting at. Under 18s, and every uh, every um, every start of season, we identify several players that have got, got to be put through to Cali, and and, and they go through to Cali. They get a, a, you know intensive training um, by by coaches that are being paid to do that job, and then they and then they they filter on, and then so we don't have that set up for the women's side of things at the moment. So it just takes a bit. Of... I'm, I'm I'm laughing I'm laughing because I'm just imagining yes someone in the SRU. Media team going, we've got them. Twenty eight women pro contracts. That's it. They can't. They can't be angry at this. And here's us going pathways. They need to invest in the pathways. They've <laughs> 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 been a terrible job with the pathways. <laughs> Do you know, and, that, and, and that's we've never like. So uh, I was going to actually bring it back to that point. Right. So twenty eight pro contracts is a start, and it was always that's all it was, and. We've had a really busy year this year with some of the, the things we've kind of taken up and obviously what things we've promoted. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's a start. And the SRU media manager sitting there having to listen to this because we know they do have to listen. Uh, yeah, 
we we can do more and we need to do more. And this this should only be the start. That year that you've given folks should be a proof of concept year that we then invest more because this is this is not going away. Um so no, it's it's really it is really funny, but we're we're not just moaning for the sake of moaning, Cammy. We're not. No, no. no and no, and no, I no. think Cammy's right though. I think it's just not being communicated particularly well because if we learned anything from this year's World Cup, it's that once you start paying, you can't stop. Correct. Like that's that's never going to fly. The teams who are at the sharp end of the World Cup are are teams who have consistently invested. Like everyone knows how much the Red Roses have invested in their entire setup to get them to where they are to be in two consecutive World Cup finals, to win an entire year of games, you, you can't get through all of that and then go, oh, no, actually, we'll just we'll spend that money on something else. Like, you can't go backwards from where we are now. There's, I don't think there's any way that we're going back. There's, there's got to be more money and it's got to be longer term. And I think they just should have communicated that better, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure there's some guys probably sitting in the, the Scottish Sevens um or former Scottish Sevens players probably saying exactly that as well, that, you know, the Sevens was the growth game in rugby and was, you know, everything uh, about it was moving to those big markets and all of a sudden Scotland don't have a Sevens programme necessarily anymore. Uh, So, you know, uh, silly decisions have been made in the past and I'm sure if, if anyone's going to make silly decisions... Our overlords at the SRU are, are are they do have precedent on it, but I, de- I think I de- you're yeah, right. I, I, I definitely don't want to be sitting here, you know, can like I've, I've picked up a five and dropped a tenner. Um, I think I think I'm really excited about it, and I'm glad to see that the, the hard work from the girls who have been given their contracts have have been rewarded and I think they can only get better or as as you saw in the World Cup we were we were probably um a year's worth of professionalism away from getting to a quarter final. So yeah. I, I think I think you know the certain certain things that um that, that we could have probably spent the money on um and concentrated the, the, the players' minds on would have actually got us into a quarter final. So to, to get to where they where they are um to get to where they are um, you know, with the, the funding that they've had, is a very, very good job. So I'm excited about it. Um, I just, you know, me, always want more. Always want more. Well, speaking of wanting more. Well, hi, speaking of the work that's gone into it, I think we can't move off this without mentioning that one of the contracts has gone to Ellis, by the way. Friend yeah. of the pod who was a big help to us in the summer. Um, very well deserved contracts. So well done to her. Indeed. Yeah. Very excited by that. Well done, Ellis. Um, one thing I would, one thing I would just add as a kind of final thought is that we've talked a lot about the corporate health of the SRU, particularly with women's rugby, and you know we we, we can't you know we can't move on without mentioning Siobhan Catigan. I think from here on in, what I would hope is that the Women's rugby is given the same priority and held in the same regard as men's rugby within the SRU from here on in. And I think, understandably, just because of the way the global game's set up, they're not going to be able to put more the same resources into the women's game as going to the men's game because, you, you know... You, We'd we'd lose money, and that's that's the financial reality. We would lose money because you'd be defunding the men's game to fund the women's game, and the money the the main revenue stream is from the men's international game. That's that's just a fact. So unless every union in the world is going to get round a table and agree to start paying men and women players equally, it, it, it it's just an unfortunate side effect of capitalism that that's where we are. But that doesn't mean and shouldn't prevent the ASRU from giving the same priority and the same attention to the women's game as it gives to the men's game and 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 treats treats them equally in terms of time the resource of time and the resource of coaching funding because that's different from 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 paying your players coaching resource facilities all of that there's no reason why they can't achieve equality there albeit they can't achieve equality of pay 
Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see the the, the talk about announcing the um uh, announcing the Thistle coaches uh, fairly soon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they are with that as well. Um, and uh, uh, that'll that'll show you the path that we think. Um, you know, if it's uh, uh, and I would like to see some equality in there. There are some fantastic yep. um, female coaches out there um, that are coaching day in uh, day in day out within the um, the and they, they have reward. Well, what, what's to be excited about uh, with lots of announcements, lots of, uh, we'll see how the girls go next year, what's, what's to be really kind of positive about? With that in mind, you've got, we've got nine minutes of this uh, free view session left. I'm not letting you take me, even though it's a Christmas special, we'll give the Christmas content to the, 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 the Patreons but you have your opportunity here. I'll come around each year. What is Santa Claus going to bring for for you in a rugby sense this year? Uh, it could be a, a it could be a, a pro player. It could be something you're wishing for, or you know, just or you could be all cynical and you know ask for a a lump of coal for your your defence. Craig, come to you first. Um, for me, uh. I'd like to see. I, I would like Santa to bring me a little bit more, um, a little bit more attention from the SRU spent where they spend their money, um, especially in the grassroots game. Um, and it would be nice to see. You know, I got. I've kind of got my uh, my Christmas present early with the with the pro contracts for what the women's team, the women's players. But um, I'd like to see the SRU spending their money. A little bit more um, within the grassroots game uh, to create those those uh, those pathways, you know, put these pathways into place a little bit more um, compared to you know spending money in America um, on certain teams and things like that. You know, don't don't diss the DC old glory, Craig. Well, I, I'm seeing nothing. To be fair, I when you opened up that line, I just want a wee bit more attention from the SRU. I was terrified. I was like, "What are you? What are you planning, Manson?" What Craig wants a development officer to come round his house and rub his tummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, first things first. First things first. How do you not know that's happened already? <laughs> <laughs> I know far too many development officers. No, there's, um, there's no way you wouldn't have told us about that in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have two things for Santa? Can I have a second present? I mean, have you been a good boy? I've been a good boy. Depends which development officer yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on then, Craig. <laughs> um, I, I'd like a fourth place for Edinburgh. That'd be nice. Ah, <laughs> remember? Do you remember? Let's backtrack a second. Hang on. Do hang you, on. Do you remember? Hang on. My... If I get, hang on. We get a fourth place. Then we get a chance to prove ourselves in the uh, uh, in the, uh, the playoffs. So that's what the I'm playoffs. asking for. Ah, oh, yeah, and and then win the whole event. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, still, yeah. Still and thanks there. for talking. Thanks for uh, on the previous episode episode talking to me like I'm a schoolboy. I really appreciate. It. Now, Craig, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember what you said? You tell me now. Come on, you tell me. I I, I think that was more than justified at that point. <laughs> Not from when, not from a Glasgow supporter side of things. You need to watch what you're doing when you're starting to throw things around like that. Well, you let Munster get above us with that shocking performance. Yeah, so. no, honestly, you would think. Hang on, we let Munster get above you. <laughs> Hang on, let's just uh, talk about certain things that you guys have let happen. Um, that's not. Yeah, we let, let you get seventh place last year. Woo! <laughs> Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Uh, yeah, and and how do, how does that feel, Craig? Because you've obviously not done much winning recently, so you know. One last one last week, don't you worry nah, about I mean, against yeah. a proper team, not yet. None of your diddy your diddy teams that you're all excited about in the diddy ah, cup. Very, very good. Very uh, good. Was it not cast? It was. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and, not the band, Johnny. It was, we need to work on your definition of a proper team, Craig. And it was such a proper team that Scott Hastings called them Breathe for most of the <laughs> Come on, you come on, you can't turn around and go, oh, because the, the finger on the pulse, Scott Hastings, knows all about it. Come on now. 
He didn't even know what team he was turning up to watch. He was like, oh, yeah. He didn't know what stadium he was in. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> Cammy, what, 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 what do you want from Santa? Um, I would just like rugby to be free of nonsense for 12 months. Yeah, like off off pitch nonsense. I, I like a bit of on pitch nonsense, but just the I don't know, just it just feels sometimes like you follow the wrong sport. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's nice because you come on here and you know, I'm in a couple of nice group chats with like minded people, and it's kind of a nice wee it's nice to be in a wee echo chamber sometimes. But the rest of the time, sometimes it just it does grind you down a little bit. I mean, you know, there was another one of the more prominent rugby podcasters, you know, just, I mean, I'd say it was a microaggression against, um, oh, who was it got announced as ambassador for Bristol? The name escapes me now. It was uh, oh, Ellis Genge. Ellis Genge got announced as Bristol. Amb- he's an ambassador for Bristol, which is a, fant- you know, a fantastic thing, connecting rugby to the city. Someone he brought up, you know, you could see, you know, what a, an inspiration you could be to the to, to young, young men from his background in Bristol. And, you know, it gets accused of being some sort of virtue signal, which, you know, I'd say it was a microaggression, but given the number of microaggressions by this particular person, he might as well just don a Hitler moustache and start frog marching up and down the high street. It's it's that kind of nonsense. I just, yeah, shouldn't really. Um, Yeah, it's just that kind of nonsense. I just, it would just be nice if everybody, if rugby actually could live up to its hashtag values for... A year, like just a year. If everyone could just do it for a year, just to give us all just a break, well, and we'll get I... on to we'll get on we'll get on to some of the stuff that's happened, no doubt. And the the <laughs> yeah, that's Thanks, Harley, Harley, yeah. Harley rightly points out. Harley uh, has message saying no off pitch nonsense. We're in a World Cup in that time. SRU might try to sue the weather again. Um, I don't yeah. think it. I don't think we're at risk. It's France. I don't. I don't think we're at risk of. Suing the weather in France. There's many. There's lots of other things we could sue in France. <laughs> let, let I don't think it'll be the weather this time. You don't think I think if there's, the... a typh- if there's a typhoon in France, in, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, big, in the autumn, we've got bigger problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you advocating if there is a typhoon in France, then we can we can justifiably say Dodson, please try to sue the weather. Is that where we're going with this? Yeah, that's it. I think we'll justify. I don't think we'll be suing the weather. I think we'd all be be that uh, that film was it the film twenty twenty one or twenty twelve or something where the all the weather happened. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Cusack. Have to get John Cusack on the job to to sort of. John Cusack could sue the weather on behalf of Scottish rugby. John Cusack is in charge of saving Mark Dodson's yacht from being beached in Marseille. Johnny, what, what would you like Santa Claus to bring you? Uh, oh, I've got the simplest one out of everyone. Um, we really, really, really need Darcy and Xander to be fit for the Six Nations. Like, Santa, help us out here. Can you leave yes. King on in there, please? Because uh, he's, Absolutely. he's uh, injured at ridiculous, Craig. Back your box. Like, we've got plenty of utility backs, Craig, but, but we need Darcy <laughs> and Xander Ferguson to be fit. Like right. Xander especially. I mean, after after Darcy and Duhan, Wing takes a fairly significant drop off. Uh, but after Xander, unless we're expecting WP Nell to play sixty or seventy minutes every week in the Six Nations, tight head goes off a cliff. Like I think, I think we, we need be, them for the Six Nations. I think we should be uh, getting the old uh, Murray McCallum back sign out. Um, I think Murphy Walker will probably get the get the call before Murray does at this rate. No, but it'd be good to have him back in the would, back yeah. playing rugby, so that he's because yeah. uh, you know option, he's, yeah. he, as I say, he was playing incredibly well. He's he was playing better than a, what's his name at Bath? Um, what's the Scotland Dar- Dar- Darcy Ray? Darcy Ray, you know. So yeah, um, yeah I saw okay. someone shooting for Darcy Ray to get a call up because he's playing really well, and I was like, you absolutely like a Glasgow pack mince me to do a same <laughs> Glasgow pack. Jamie Batty turned you inside out and then tried to do the same to me. That's how bad you were. So oh, well, that, we'll, we'll, we'll say nothing about that, John. <laughs> yeah. We'll come on to that in due course. I'm so well. pleased to be... I, 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 Jamie Batty's going up in my estimation. I'd even have him back at Edinburgh for that. Uh, I, I, you know... I love Jamie Batty. I thought it was brilliant. It's great to know yeah. that... I, I, it's great to know that 
I have such an influence that I can positively motivate my my team. You tweet. I just like seeing you get sat down. To be honest, pasted per Franco Smith pasting. Look what John Anderson's been saying, boys. (laughs) Get out there and prove it to Skinchenko twenty seven on Twitter on the Twitters. He doesn't think you can do it. He thinks you're great. <laughs> Glasgow've got Glasgow've got serious problems if they're sticking your tweets to the. I board, know, right? Evidently, they are. Um, speaking of people being publicly sat down on Twitter, by the way, I had to give a, a rare bit of um, kudos to the Edinburgh social media team yesterday because oh, that was wow, brilliant. Yeah. Someone trying to like have a go at them for giving tickets to Ukrainian refugees when they should be giving it to Scottish homeless people, homeless people. and they just they just put up a big list of what the community engagement team does, and they were like, "But if you want to be angry about something, then knock yourself out." And a wee, and a wee fishing hook emoji, just like <laughs> top yeah. work. It was. It was. It was a pretty vicious takedown, wasn't it? It was ni- nicely done. Uh, yeah. So, so for me, Santa Claus is, is going to bring. Um, Actually, just to finish on your point, Johnny, regarding Xander and and uh, Darcy, I know what you're saying. Like for a Six Nations to be successful, I think we need them there. But if we remember how Xander Fagerson came in at the the team as a child, um, when WP Nell got injured, that this is an opportunity for those guys. You know, our our propping stock in Scotland is never deep, but actually we are at a bit of a critical level where we're relying on Grandpa Nell to, you know, do the job. So I think it's a good opportunity for, like, Murphy Walker, Whisper at Murray McCallum, if he was to get a contract and, you know, get playing somewhere. It's a good opportunity for these props to actually get a bit of game time in a Scotland shirt. So I'm less concerned about that. Um, Darcy's a huge miss, but ultimately we need to find a way to kind of mitigate that. And actually it's a wee bit of time off before the World Cup. So I'm kind of happy, actually. Oh, very, very, very quickly, because obviously we're over the hour. Um, speaking of time off before a World Cup, we need to mention that uh, Hamish Watson has been stood down and he's got to see a neurotrauma specialist. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been coming though, hasn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, that, that that's the thing, and he's been stood down. He, they were saying he wasn't. He was he was struggling afterwards, but wasn't necessarily. You know, it's not necessarily that he's showing massive symptoms, or it, you know, in that sense. But it's the number of concussions and the number of incidents we've had now. He's and... rocky at rather start a rocky five, and that's the worry. Yeah, yeah, and also you know, and 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 to take a particularly selfish view of it. Um, it's not like we're sitting here going, oh, if, if we didn't have Mish, what we're going to do? Um, we have players there that will continue on and play maybe not a, the, the same brand as rugby as, 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 as he would, but there's players there that will take up the slack and he can get the, the help and the need, the, 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 the treatment he needs to come hopefully back and, and, and play um, play some more, but you just exactly. can't be safer. You know, you can't be you can't be doing anything less. You know, you can't be. You, 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 yeah, um, it's, it it's be fine careful. because Tom, Tom Gordon will be back in January. So <laughs> Six Nations is saved. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Please, Six Nations is saved. Captain Tom will be back and we'll be fine. It's all good. Yeah, crazy uh, way to open his desk drawer to his wee picture of Luke Crosby and just. <laughs> yeah, I know the. The Luke Crosby love is is holy. Oh, I almost want to like start fighting that. And but... Though, I don't understand. He's been oh, great. Luke Crosby love. How dare he? he's been fantastic. He's yeah, been he's really, really good. good. He's, he's been really good. Like I, I, like okay, you know, I, I love a back row with a bit of niggle. It's great, and he's he's just quietly just gets on with it and rattles people, and I love it to bits. So my, my wish from Santa Claus is that the Hunesons uh, is actually a thing and I want it to, <laughs> to be 
everything that it, it, it has potential to be the most beautiful comeback story ever. Oh, can you imagine Hugh Jones in the 13 jersey in a World Cup final, tearing it in four tries against England, Finn Russell throwing it under his legs to score tries for him. Oh, just, yes, totally, please. Totally yes, t- please. I was totally on board with you for a second there until you said World Cup final. And then it just went, both. No, I mean, uh, I mean, did you not hear us? Yeah. This is, now, now that Finn signed for Bath, it's as This is the problem, Craig. Craig's wish to be fourth in a league from Santa. <laughs> any wish you want in the world. I wish to be fourth in the league. That's like, that's like a kid asking for a knockoff toy for the Christmas <laughs> present. So what do you want for Christmas? Do you want a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? No, I just want the karate chopping ninja newts instead the back shelves of B&M do you want a pair of Reeboks? No I want a pair of non-brand because you know obviously <laughs> yeah, listen, that's where I'm at listen there's nothing wrong with that right that's what I'm going it's people it's, like you that make me that made me sad you know what, do you know what Adidas track suit son no I'll have four stripes dad and I'll be happy ah yeah <laughs> let's go to four stripe yeah yeah that's one more stripe than three <laughs> hoppers only half the way up oh. for me. <laughs> we'll get we'll get on to the on to the topic of poppers I'm sure at some point because because um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. yeah, I promise for the patrons I may have, I may have made I'm staying part. on the beer jar I don't know about you <laughs> I may have made a purchase um, of some <laughs> retro dig in. This, is this, is this is definitely Patreon content. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes on Patreon. <laughs> Ian's offline waiting to find out where you got it from. <laughs> Anyway, with that, uh, we, we will head off from the free view and head over to Patreon so that we can get a wee bit more loose-lipped about my uh, choice of tracks. <laughs> yes, John, let's get a bit looser and chat about poppers. <laughs> From Craig Cappy and Johnny. <laughs> Bye, all. Bye. <laughs> oh, no.